Let's ride. Rest in peace to Nikita Koloff. Also, rest in peace to the son of Jerry Lawler. I think his name is Brian Lawler. Both of these guys were pro wrestlers who happened to pass away recently. Rest in peace to them. And shout out to their families. Hope they do well and all that. Um, shout out to Sean Kemp, war number 40, Rain Man out of Seattle. Swinging around the around the basket. Catching alley-oops from Gary Payton, man. It's been a, a slow, not really a slow week. I guess a slow week for me personally in the world of news. But I got a little bit for y'all, and I got some opinion stuff. And then I got, you know, the sports. I have no music this week. Sorry. It's been a slow music week. I've been listening to the same playlist and then mostly catching up on podcasts I didn't listen to. So I don't really have anything in the realm of music. But maybe next week. Anyway, let me get right on into the uh, the news slash opinion, but mostly news portion. First and foremost, choose your friends carefully. I decided to sneak into the information ignorance superhighway. And by that, I mean I went on worldstarhiphop.com just to see if there were any stories out there I might be interested in. Nothing really caught my eye, but I did see a video. I did see a video that shows you how messed up we are as a society. It was basically a girl who was on live. I don't know if it was Instagram, Facebook, whatever. But her friend was in the background being raped. And instead of calling the police, she just stayed on live. She said some things to the effect of, I don't have nothing to do with that. And she's steady on live, talking to somebody and just reading the comments instead of trying to help her friend. Like, even if you go in a room and try to break stuff up, beat on the door or whatever, you may get beat up or something, but now you're an accessory to a crime and you just went live on the internet with it. Never mind a relationship that you just damaged for life with your friend as she's in there being traumatized for the rest of her life and her family as well. You decided to sit on the internet and have a conversation with other people who are watching you. And those people, in my opinion, who watched it live are just as guilty because instead of imploring you to call the police, they sat there and had a conversation. They could have called the police on their own if they knew where you were at. I just feel like we've gotten to a point in society where it's just ridiculous stuff, man. Like, I understand everybody wants to be on social media and have the dope post or whatever. Cool, I get that. People like to be liked. It's not a mystery. It's nothing new. But damn, you got your friend in the back having something terrible happen to her, and you're going to take your time and sit on a damn Facebook Live or something like that? Choose your friends carefully, man. Choose your, choose your people that you hang around carefully because I... I would hate to think that something like this would happen to me. Like, I'm out here getting packed out, getting beat up, and one of the homies is recording it because they want likes and views and comments and all that. So, like I said, just, you know, keep a, um, keep, keep high protocol. 
I think is the, uh, the word I want to use, or expect a lot from individuals. That way, you know, if people don't meet certain criteria, man, you don't need them in your circle. Because that right there is, is I mean, that's in the extreme. But a selfish person, you don't need around you, man. Get that from around you. Moving on. Man, Um, so I was scrolling through CNN as well, and I was just looking at some of the news stories. And, and one of the funny ones I, I saw was, of course, Fox News. And they were talking about how they were supposed to book the, uh, I think it's a congresswoman from Arizona to come talk about ICE. But somehow they mixed it up and they booked a uh, congresswoman from Massachusetts. And what happened was they basically went to the live feed of her and she basically stated that she wanted to speak directly to Donald Trump and she went on a pro-immigration rant. And 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 the hosts were looking crazy. It was like, Fox News in the morning or whatever because they didn't even realize who she was. So eventually they cut the feed out, man. But it just goes to show you at the highest level of a, of a profession, people still make mistakes. But to make a mistake that far off to me is crazy. Like how do you go from Arizona to Massachusetts and then not even realize what the person you're talking about or talking to looks like? I don't know if they can see the other person. I could only assume that they know what the person they're supposed to be talking to looks like or that they can see that person when they're on there because they had no idea who they were, who she was, and they welcomed her to the show like she was exactly who she's supposed to be. And that, <laughs> I thought that was a, uh, a terrible mistake, but uh, it happens, man. And I'm just glad it happened to Fox because of the things they stand next to. That's just me, man. Um... They did actually, uh, I'm not going to talk about that, forget it. Also, I was scrolling through CNN, being, I guess, a liberal, but I'm scrolling through CNN, and then I see I see two things that pissed me off. And the one thing I saw was um, somebody had went to like a Jewish site and put up that iron cross, and then they put a swastika on it. And I'm like, man, come on, bro. If, if, you, if you don't like something at least be mad enough to approach somebody about it. If you don't like somebody's religion, at least be man or woman enough to address it when speaking to that person live in the flesh. Don't do coward shit like go like go and mark on a religious a religious uh statue or on a place of worship like that. That's coward shit to me. If you want, if you got an issue with it, go debate that person, go sit in on the service to see where they're coming from. But don't do coward shit like mark it up. Now I know it's Hopefully, hopefully it's a bunch of kids who don't know no better doing this shit. But I got to believe they're being influenced by grown people. Somebody somewhere has told them that it's okay to act like that and to go defame somebody else's, somebody else's religious um, monument or, what, or whatever it was, place of worship, whatever it was, however you want to call it, it's still disrespectful to do that. Because the minute somebody does that to a church, it's going to be outrage. If you see a bunch of people going and spraying the stars of David's on stuff, you're going to be pissed off. They go make crescent moons on churches, you're going to be pissed off. So I don't understand why people think this is okay, but I have to assume that somebody older than them has made it seem like it's okay. Like, it falls right into another story I saw. In Pennsylvania, there's a teacher. He teaches like 5th or 6th grade or something, right? Now we all know teachers don't make a lot of money. Unfortunately, teachers do not get paid 
what they deserve to be paid. But this idiot, I won't call him an idiot. I call him misguided educator. This misguided educator performs as a amateur or as a a low level, I'll say to be fair, a low level professional wrestler. Now his character is supposed to be a Nazi sympathizer. So he comes out with the flag with that iron cross on there, waving it around, doing the Zig Heil thing, or however you say it, the Nazi salute to the crowd. And people are apparently feeding into this. Now he's supposed to be a bad guy like the old wrestlers back in the day who always were like Russian or they were Middle Eastern or whatever. He's supposed to be a bad guy like that, but people are cheering this guy on. Like I'm reading a little article and there's saying there's people in the crowd doing a salute back to him, people shouting out Trump's America. Like this is the type of shit we talk about when we complain about stuff and say that this man has divided the country. People like to blame it on President Obama and say he divided the country, but let's keep it a buck. President Obama was elected twice. I personally never once heard him say anything negative about people from any background. He may have said something about gun owners or something like that that people may have not have liked, but I don't think he said anything as far as like people from certain regions. You never heard him refer to something as a shithole country, things like that. These are the divisive things like telling black people what the hell do they have to lose. This is what's happening now with this current president and calling people rapists and murders from different countries. Like Obama didn't do that shit. So I really didn't understand how people blamed him for dividing the country. I more feel like it was people like them showing their true colors about how they felt about people of color being in authoritative positions. That's just me. But it just shows you how things resonate. Now, what is that teacher going to do who loves to teach children, and I'm going to assume teaches children of all colors, creeds, and whatever, what is he going to do if one of his students come to see him wrestle? What is he going to do if one of his students does that salute and somebody doesn't like it and whoops his ass, then what happens? Now, if this was like an everyday individual, I'd be like, hey, man, freedom of speech, whatever. But when you're a person that educates children, I have to wonder how your conduct is in school. Is a, is a child of Jewish or African-American descent, are they going to be treated fairly in your classroom? If you're out here pretending to uphold these these uh these Nazi beliefs. And I understand you you're playing the character, cool, but why that character? You couldn't find any other type of bad guy to be. You had to be somebody so controversial. Like what is your aim? I really wish I knew the demographics of that region, man, so I could be like, okay, this this area of Pennsylvania is a no-go zone. So I could call him out as an area, as a community. It's like I almost don't have to. If he's being cheered by the crowd. That lets me know something. It's, it's crazy, man. The, the things people do, and then if you condemn them, they look at you like you're crazy. But it's all good, man. Speaking of um immigration, there's also been complaints of the kids being mistreated. Anything from sexual misconduct to abuse and all that. So I urge Washington, please get this shit figured out. I'm tired of hearing about it, one. But even more than me being selfish and tired of hearing about it, I know those kids want to get back to their parents. There's got to be something figured out to get them folks back where they need to be. Whether it be here or somewhere else, just figure it out. Get it off your plate, man, so we can worry about something else. Because this is uh, it's getting old. 
And quite frankly, I'm tired of hearing about it. And the rest of the country is you just giving the media people that you can want to continuously ban from your meetings. You just giving them something else to focus on. Like we need to be focused on the real deal. Like what's going on with these tapes? You talking about shutting down the government? If they don't, if Congress doesn't approve you building a wall, as far as I'm not concerned, that ain't got shit to do with Congress. Congress didn't go on campaign and say I'm going to build a wall. Now you want to squeeze Congress for the money for your proposal because my thing is this. If you're going to be a president and you have these ideals, like make it something rational. Make it something that makes sense. Don't put us in a position or the country in a position where we have to jump through hoops to figure out a way to adhere to your crazy beliefs. There's another way you could have went about your objective you could have just stuck to i want to fix immigration and left it at that the wall shit was unnecessary and it's a lie because it's never going to happen i mean at this point you got to start focusing on your next campaign to be reelected. and if the wall ain't here or on its way to being built by now it's too late that's a massive project that you can't even get the funds to begin so there's no way in hell that wall is getting built but if it does get built, it's going to tell me a lot about this country I love so much. Now, I'm going to leave that alone. Well, the tapes, though, man, your boy Giuliani said, Giuliani is now blaming Cohen, saying he tampered with the tapes. That was your boy two months ago. Your boy was taking the fall. Now he's untrustworthy. Now he's tampered with the tapes. It's all good, though. I'm going to go ahead and move on to, um, <laughs> and move on to sports real quick before I get irritated. So, Keeping in line with kind of the same individuals in mind when I say this, but so Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott are being given the business on social media because of their stance on the um, on kneeling or protesting in the NFL. Dak basically said he's not doing it; it's not appropriate. Zeke kind of fell in line with the same thing. Now I got Dallas Cowboy fans on my on my Facebook page, my homies and shit, and one of my bros is like he ain't fucking with him no more. I was like, damn. Like, damn. And I don't think it's what, I don't know if it's what he said or his stance. Because Dak didn't press, he didn't, uh, Dak Prescott didn't protest all last season. He didn't do it at all last season. He said the same thing last last year. So I don't know if homie is just, after hearing him repeat it and say it again, or the fact that um, Jerry is like, we're not doing it. There'll be repercussions. Like, I don't know if it's more of a Jerry thing or if it's a Dak and um, Ezekiel thing. But he's definitely like, I'm not fucking with him no more. And maybe he feels like he's taking away the players' rights. Or maybe he's just not a fan of what they're doing as athletes. And it sucks when you see athletes be put in that position, especially when they're the face of a franchise. It's disappointing as a black man to see him as a, a biracial man or whatever. You would think he would want to support something that's for us. But at the end of the day, he's his own man. He has his reasons or whatever. A lot of the other Cowboys said the same thing. A lot of them had family members who served in the military. And that's cool, but that's that's not what it's about. It's, it has nothing to do with the military. The military is a person. The military personnel is a guy who got Captain Neal. It's the same old story has been told over and over again. But I just thought it was weird that that's, that's what people call on. Just say you're not doing it because you, your boss going to get you. Like, make it, make it something real. Like, I understand, blah, 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 blah. Your, your boss going to get you, and in order for you to, to keep going with your livelihood and to keep doing good things in the community, 
you have to continue to go into that paycheck by doing what you love to do. Just say that. That's all you got to say. Just say that and you'll be fine. But don't shuck and job and try to hide behind whatever. No, just say, hey, I cannot afford to do this because I will lose my dream if I do this. And it's okay, cool. Because pro, like protests ain't supposed to be at appropriate times. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. So all that, it's not the right time shit. I don't want to hear that. And I think that's a cop-out and this excuse. Just say, I'm not going to undermine the person who gave me my opportunity to, to do what I want to do at the highest level. Blah, 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 blah. Just say that. That's all you got to say. And somebody like me will look over like, man, hey, you got to do what you got to do to keep your job, man. We get it. We understand. There's a player, I think it's a guy from Titans. He said he's going to take his fine. And I respect that, man. I, I really do. Like, I don't know how ridiculous the fines are going to be. And I'm assuming he's got his financial set up to where he can handle that. But to take a fine every game, every game, that is that is massive. I mean, it ain't as big as, you know, I think his name is Eric Reed and uh, Colin Kaepernick. It's not as big as losing your whole career for standing up what you believe in. But that's that's a big, big statement to make in the league where most people ain't doing that. And they can afford to look the other way and not be involved in it. Yeah, it's, it's a wild situation. I don't think it's going to stop this season. It may trickle over. It may actually trickle down this season to be over with. But we'll see, man. As long as they keep making headway and they keep meeting with folks and look for ways to make improvements and it's not about just throwing money at shit. It's actually about getting out there and getting involved, which a lot of NFL players do. As long as it's, it's community-based and not, hey, look at me, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. And I'm going to move on to the NBA. Chicago Bulls, we in trouble, man. We in trouble. Not really the Bulls. I say a Bulls player is in trouble. So Denzel Washington, not Washington, Denzel Valentine. My bad, all the diehard Denzel fans out there. Denzel Valentine, his career is officially in trouble. And I say the reason why his career is in trouble is because, one, he played on the shitty team in my Chicago Bulls. Two, they just drafted another small forward. Three, and the most recent reason is he was just in the Drew League getting cooked by somebody not in the league. And I'm talking about cooks. So for those of you who don't know, the Drew League, I think I want to say it's based out of L.A., but it's basically like a summer league basketball that some professional players go. It's like a pro-am league, a pro-amateur league where they go and they play, right? James Harden is always down there, and a few other guys are there. So it's the you're getting the best of the best, the best of the guys in the league and the best of the guys that ain't in the league for whatever reason. There was an individual there named Frank Nitty. He goes by name Frank Nitty. He was playing against the whatever team Denzel Washington was on and proceeded to drop 40 buckets on Denzel Washington. God damn it. Denzel Valentine, my bad. He's Denzel Valentine. Valentine. All right, so... Yeah, man, um, the video's out there, him basically shitting on bro, crossing him up, shooting threes in his face. And I'm reading through the video, like I'm reading through the comments of the video or whatever, and people were talking about, oh, well, he's still in the league and he's not, da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, yeah, this just confirms what people were saying before Valentine got in the league. He can't play defense. They were able to hide him in Michigan State with zones and moving him away from the best offensive players on other teams. But that was the big knock on him is that he's not that athletic and he doesn't play defense well. And it looked like it when he was playing against Bro in the Drew League. He was chopping his ass up out there. He looked slow. He looked like he wasn't able to compete. 
And the thing is, he's the he's a bigger guy compared to Frank Nitty. Now he's not like big on NBA standards. And NBA by NBA standards, he's a skinny guy. He's a tall, skinny, light guy. But in the Drew League, I'm saying you got to back him down every possession. Why not? You're supposed to be a good passer. Back him down, pass out. The one time he did that, he threw it right to somebody else. I don't care if you're not trying to get injured or nothing. In this age where you're a professional athlete and everybody has a cell phone, big basketball tournament, you know baller's life is going to be out there and all these other groups that record things like these, you know you're going to get exposed if you're out there getting chopped up, by, especially by an amateur guy because they'll go back and forth and show battles of um, people like DeRozan and Harden going at it. They'll go back and forth and show that. You can't be out there getting shown up by an amateur guy. You might get that guy a contract. And I'm not talking about, like, just NBA. You might get him some type of sponsorship for whatever he does, like in the summer league or whatever. Like, there's whole – people have gotten whole careers off being able to dunk, traveling the world, putting on dunk shows. He could be one of these guys that travels and plays basketball. You might have inadvertently improved that man's life at the expense of your own. But if you're going to go somewhere and play basketball where you're being recorded, man – Bring your A game, bro. If you're worried about being injured, you shouldn't be out there. You should be shooting at the gym with a trainer and a controlled environment. Don't take your ass out to the Drew League where these guys are looking to embarrass any professional basketball player they can. And they should because ultimately that could be what helps them get on. Don't go out there if you ain't ready and if you ain't with the shits because I guarantee they are. Now, as far as being with the shits, there may be nobody in the NBA right now more than KD who's willing to get into it. And I ain't talking about fighting. I'm just saying just who's who's willing to go back and forth and engage. They already said that KD had a burner account or whatever, but KD and CJ McCollum of the Portland Trailblazers, they got into a, a, little, a little tiff on Twitter. What I think happened was is that the websites got a hold of, like, you know, all the basketball websites or whatever. They got a hold of the conversation, and they blew it up. And then people on Twitter started talking about it, and they actually hit C.J. McCollum up about, I guess, in, I guess in retaliation to something Kevin Durant said. So C.J. McCollum has a podcast called The Pull-Up. And on the, on the podcast, they were talking about a few good things. And, um... You know, they were going back and forth, like, jokingly or whatever, talking about the Warriors and their situation. And KD, you know, joke, jokingly and, you know, confidently said, y'all not going to win a championship. And he was basically saying that in the way, we're like, y'all not going to win one as long as I'm around. Because he's confident. He's probably he's top three in the league. Got to be number two. So he was saying in the way, it's like, as long as I'm in the West, y'all not winning the championship. That soundbite was taken and then spread all over social media, of course. So it got to Twitter, and people were saying things back and forth to C.J. McCollum. One of the guys on Twitter was like, hey, is it cool for us to use the B-word at Durant again? And C.J. McCollum basically said, I think it's a little strong, whatever. The move was soft. Now, this is something he said somewhat to KD. He told him that he didn't like the move, whatever, right? But he didn't – I don't recall him saying that he thought it was soft. Like, I listened to the whole podcast – and I don't want to remember him saying that the move was soft, right? KD sees it and is like, damn, I just did your fucking podcast. Like, now you calling me soft? And, and it's crazy because 
for you to feel the move was soft, I don't know why, CJ McCollum, you fly to New York City just to do the podcast with this man. It's like a part one and two. So that was just a small part of it. And I personally feel like he should have just ignored that comment from that guy because now you destroyed a relationship. I feel like there's few friends in the NBA right now, few friends in the league as far as people who get along or whatever. It's going to be competitive. You're going to see guys argue during games because, I mean, they're at the top of their profession. And that's what you do. When you're playing basketball and it's intense, you and your best friend can get into argument. Happened to me as a kid. You're going you gonna to talk that shit. I feel like it was a sucker move on C.J. McCullough's part to do that. Like, you don't respond to a fan like that, especially when you just when you just talk to the guy. Now, if he was one of these guys that, that had been talking shit about KD or whatever and was saying that, oh, he's a bitch or whatever, just saying crazy shit like that, it would make sense. But for a guy who just interviewed this guy, had him on his podcast, you could have did that when y'all met up in New York and got the conversation over with. I feel like that was a, a very critical misstep on his part. And then with everything going on in the league, like how DeMar DeRozan just got traded without really being told, it, it just reinforces that players should have unity in bias because you never know where you're getting up. Let's say for whatever reason you're talking that shit, then years down the line they end up on the same team or they have potential to end up on the same team. But now they don't want to take you because they know you guys got history and what's the chemistry going to be like. I'm looking at it from like from that standpoint. All-star games and all that. Now you got a guy that might not want to deal with you and then shit, other NBA players might not want to deal with you. How are you going to get people to come on your podcast if you trash them when they leave because you want to respond to fans? who you just said in the podcast don't know the game. So that, that whole situation was crazy, man. Just You know how the owners do and how they can cut you loose and trade you whenever, but then you can you condemn somebody for leaving and, like, you just agreed to. I just thought I thought it was a weak move, man. That's me personally. I thought it was soft, and I thought it was weak, and I thought that that was a bitch move, C.J. McCollum. But anyway, something else good they did talk about on there is they were talking about – um. AAU, and KD was talking about how he, he likes it, but, you know, he kind of he feels like the kids are getting kind of exploited, like the greed is messing it up. Because when you have a good AAU basketball teams, these coaches are getting endorsement deals. So these, co- these coaches, are, of course, they want the best players on the team. The best players, you get team more exposure. The more exposure teams get, the more likelihood these guys they get scholarships or they go to leagues or whatever. It just makes your program better. It's like anything else, like football, baseball, tennis, soccer, whatever. The better your team is, the more they're looked at, the more the amateur players have a chance to make it to the pros or make it to college. That just is what it is. And they were kind of going back and forth talking about how it's like a meat market. People go out there and they and they observe the kids and see who they want to pluck for college or maybe even the pros at some point if they lift this rule like they're talking about. And one of the things that was crazy that I didn't even think about is that they were saying sometimes it's more of the parents. Like, because of the parents are banking so much on those kids making it that they push them to go hard in AAU because the parents may either be, one, really thinking about the child and what they could do as a potential professional or banking on them to make it so that child could take care of them in the future, which is crazy. But, yeah, I, I thought that was a real good point they made in there, man. You got to be careful when you have student, well, not student, but student athletes and athletes or your kids, whatever. You do have to be careful and make sure you push them enough 
but not so much that they don't want to do it anymore. At least I hope I don't do that when I get uh when my daughters get older. I'm just saying. But yeah, that's all I got for sports, man. I want to talk about a little something that happened to me in my life this week. So I was doing my normal thing on the book of faces and I, I posted a video and it was an old video. I'll keep it a buck. It was an old video, but it just made me angry. And there was this black family, they were having a, a birthday party for and for whatever reason, a bunch of uh, people in trucks and Confederate flags decided to ride around these people's birthday party, like disturbing them and shit. Now, of course, you mind your business at a kid's birthday party. You're not preparing for any ignorance like that. You're out there trying to have a good time. And these people came down there, they're with the pickup trucks and shit, and the flag just vroom, vroom, driving all around, like, you know, trying to invoke fear in these people. So they, they called the police, whatever, and they had them in court, and the girl was talking about, that's not me, that's not me, whatever. I'm not like that. But then what were you doing? What were you doing driving around somebody's birthday party like that? There's kids there. There's nothing positive about what you're doing. You're not trying to add any value to the birthday party. All you're really doing is trying to take away. You're trying to, you're trying to scare people. And that was my argument with um with one of the guys who decided to go back and forth with me about it. It was just like, listen, that flag to me means danger. I see that flag, that means that person is willing to hurt me or harm my family or people that look like me. Now, you may not feel that way, but history tells us different. Under that flag, there's been some horrendous things done to black people. Some people say it's heritage. I feel like it's heritage with hate. That's just me. Because everybody wants to be like, oh, it's history. Don't erase history. Well, like, yeah, you can't negate the history of my ancestors as well. I am a direct descendant of people who were treated like shit and sometimes still treated like shit. So I don't appreciate it. And I, and I have a hard time keeping my cool and having patience when I, when I go back and forth with people talking about it. And he was like, why this, why that? And I'm just like, history, bro. History. And then he said one thing like about, I like how y'all act like y'all were there. To me, that confirms that you know it was fucked up. You just confirmed that it's fucked up by saying that, in my opinion. That just makes me feel like we have the same knowledge base what's going on with that. And then he said something like, long live Dixie or Dixie for life. And I basically told him, fuck you and your family for life. Because that, to me, is a threat. That's how I perceive that. And the only thing I could do to make people realize who don't understand where I'm coming from with this is like, if anybody's ever seen the black nationalist flag or the pan-African flag, it's red, black, and green. I don't know if anybody's ever seen it, but it's a red, black, and green flag that's supposed to represent pan-Africanism, right? And pan-Africanism is basically supposed to mean solidarity between people of African descent, you know, linked through the slave trade whether it be social, economically, you know, to bond and build because we're so behind other people. It's not meant to be anti-anything else. It's supposed to be like, hey, solidarity for black folks who are here via the slave trade. And it's, all, it's, it's been in different countries. It's been in the Caribbean. But it's basically for solidarity among blacks, right? Now, imagine if you have history of violent acts being committed towards Groups of white people while flying this flag. Statues erected to heroes of pan-Africanism who wanted to enslave white people or keep white people enslaved or who condone violence against non-blacks. 
Imagine if you had years of history of that shit going on, of a civil war, where they say it was over states' rights. Well, states' rights was highly linked in to economics. Their economics was mainly crops because the South was rural. And what they were using for crops was fucking slaves. So I don't say how you try to escape the issue. But just imagine if Pan-Africanism was associated with black violence towards white people. Imagine if the Black Panthers flew that flag while committing acts of violence towards white people. You wouldn't like that flag either. And I would have to understand that. So to me, I just felt like he was being condescending and trolling or whatever you want to call it. I felt like that was his goal, especially when he said that Dixie for life shit. That like really set me off. And I thought highly of bro. I thought he was a good dude. But when he said that, that was it for me. Like I don't, I'm not apologizing to you. And I'm not backtracking off what I said. Because he was like, you said F that flag. I said no. And I repeat, fuck that flag. Because that's how I feel. And I would have to accept if you felt like I was praising a symbol, a symbol of danger to your livelihood. Because I feel like that about that flag. I feel like that about Ku Klux Klan, the hoods. I feel like that about MAGA hats. I feel like those people are comfortable with seeing somebody like me strung up in a tree. It may be extreme, but guess what? I'm conditioned to feel that way. Sorry. Not sorry. That's just what I believe. And I'm all about people doing the things for their heritage, but if you if you want to embrace their heritage, then I got to embrace mine. It says, fuck that. And I do feel sorry for people, Southern people, who who aren't racist, who don't uphold that bullshit. And, there's, and I know those people vastly outnumber those who do. And I wish there was some sort of Southern flag you could have for people in the South to have pride because people, the people in the South do have an inferiority complex. They're talked about like they're stupid and they're slow because of their accent. And it's not true. And I know because I grew up in the South. I would like to see a Southern Heritage flag that's not that one. If there was a new one, that'd be great. I'm all for it. I'm with it. If it's just your state flag, depending on what your state was into, maybe. I don't know. But what I'm saying is that that one right there, that, that's a no-go for me, man. I can't do it. I don't respect it, I won't, and I refuse to. And that's all I'm going to say about that, man. That's crazy. But uh, one more thing I want to talk about is um is the series that's on CNN. Now, I know I talked about the series on ID, the, uh, the one where they did investigations on all the cults and shit, and I was talking about the Fear Thy Neighbor one, which I love. But the other series, it's a documentary series, and it's called the whatever decade. So it's like they did the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and they're doing the 2000s now. So I highly encourage anybody who hasn't seen those to watch those. I mean, it's a good bit of binge watching. It'll get you through like a good couple of weekends, but I suggest you you check it out. It's history, man. It's dope to see the things you weren't a part of, and it's dope to go back and look at and reminisce about the things that you were alive for. And I believe, man, the 80s babies, I feel like we got it the best. I feel like we're the bridge generation for us born. I'll say late 70s, early 80s. And I mean, I give you... 89, I give you I give you up to 87, 88. Because we got to see the transformation. We got to see this wave of technology. We got to see the change in culture as it happens in our country, man. And it, and I think it's cool because we, we went from having parents who had record players and eight tracks to cassette tapes to CDs to MP3s and all that. And now we're getting to the point where the companies are trying to make it so that you don't even buy the music. You can just download it and hold it on your phone. And then once you don't pay for the service, the music goes away or you get locked out of that app. Now, that I don't like. I want to still be able to physically buy music, even if it is, you know, just a data file on my phone. I want to be able to buy it. 
so I can listen to it offline like, you know, any sane individual. But I do think it's cool that we got to see that transition from fucking portable phones in the home to cell phones in the streets, beepers, pagers, all that, two, the whole two-way pagers and stuff. We saw the things that came in, were wildly successful and stayed, and some of the things that came in and failed, like the two-way. Like, it's now dead technology, that and pagers. Well, pagers are still around for certain businesses, but still, I think it's cool to be the bridge to the next generation. And these these kids are going to do, I can't even put into words what I feel like they're going to do just because of where we're at now and how fast this technology is moving. Like, I almost can't wait to see it. I'm excited for it. I just, I just hope I'm alive to catch a big chunk of it. And I'm still relatively young, but I just... I just hope I'm alive to see like the next big thing. Like the internet is one of those things where like if you you're so you get so old to the point that you just miss it, man. You don't even care. Well, I would have said that a few years ago, but right now it's so it's so ingrained into our society that you have to utilize it. And I remember when you had to you want to hit a company up, you had to call them or go there. Now you email, contact us. You got direct liaison. You, there's an app. I think it's great, but I also think that we take hits in our social interaction. Like it's, there's almost too much automation. You can go to the, the grocery store and not even talk to anybody who works there. And it's, while it's cool, it's like I kind of wish, I don't know, I don't, I think it's convenient, and it's, but it's almost like you, we're so detached from everybody else, you can literally go in there, be on your phone the whole time, not talk to anybody, just leave. It does kind of isolate us, but it's also really convenient. So I won't condemn it, it's just I think you have to take it upon yourself to get that social interaction every now and again. Because if you look at it, even even between your loved ones and your friends right now, right? Everybody will say, like, you know, like, hey, pull up on me or whatever. Come see me. Come say hi. Come by the house. Stop by. Whatever, right? It is now almost considered rude. You would consider it rude almost for somebody to show up at your house and just ring the doorbell when they're outside. Like, you, why didn't you just text me and let me know you're outside, right? Or it's almost disrespectful to call somebody's home phone. <laughs> like, like, why didn't you check my cell phone first or whatever? You know what I mean? We're like, we're like a few years ago, it was almost, it was kind of crazy to call somebody's cell phone before you called their home phone. Because, you know, with the minutes situation, it's like, hey, bro, don't call my, don't call my phone, waste my minutes. Call to see if I'm home first so you don't kill the minutes I got. And, you know, the batteries didn't last as long as they do now, of course. Now a battery lasts you maybe two good days, depending on how much you use your phone. But before all that, it was like, nah, hey, call the house, and then if I ain't there, you can call me or whatever. Or it was to a point where, like, you would have no minutes on your phone, and you would call somebody real quick and be like, hey, call me back, I ain't got no minutes. But if you call me, it's free. And now you got a whole full-blown, full blown, you know, cell phone contracts and all that shit. To where the house phone is somewhat obsolete. But that's just how far we come, man. And all right, I'm going to go ahead and shut it down. Just be nice to each other, man. Try. I failed. I failed with my Confederate flag argument, but I'll take that L because I feel like it had to be said. I had to maybe adjust his thinking because I'm not going to budge on mine. Let's let's be nice to each other, try to make it a better place, try to improve the world one step at a time, one uh one open door, you know, at a time. Just do something nice for somebody. Take take somebody's grocery cart instead of leaving them to put it back. Just take it like I got it. Do something. Put a leave a penny in the take a penny thing for those of us who still use cash. Something. Or leave a penny to take a penny. I don't know how to say it. Anyway, make your next day your best day. Make tomorrow better than today. Learn something tomorrow you didn't learn today, man. Hey, the Facebook page is, is getting a little bit more more interaction. I'm putting videos on there. Not of myself. Just funny shit on the internet. 
But it's no playing this ride on Facebook. No playing this ride at gmail.com if you want to email me. No play 247 on Twitter. Um, I want something else. I'm on Instagram, but I ain't going to tell you where I'm at. You got to find me on Instagram. I'm just messing with y'all. But anyway, um, yeah, man, y'all be good out there. Peace, love, peace, love, peace, love. <laughs>